Welcome to Beers and Buckets. We are so glad that it is March. I am your host, Connor. I'm joined by Dal Harmon. Dal, how you doing tonight, my friend? I am doing well. It's conference tournament season, which uh, might be a little bit of a hot take, but almost might be actually better than March Madness in general. I know you don't get the... It's nice to get the new matchups in March Madness, but mm-hmm. like in the tournament, but... Common tournaments are great because the teams know each other and there's a lot of, like, chicanery happening. That's not the right word, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but they're super fun. And um, you also just, I mean, it's the, the same amount of games, if not more, at one time, too. So it's all the joy of having all the games that happen all day with the added rivalry aspect that comes with playing teams in your conference. Yeah, and the, the best part about I don't know, the best part about it for me is that if your team is a lock for the tournament already for the NCAA tournament, it's kind of carefree. You're playing with house money there. If you lose, oh well. But you know what? Like it's just the conference tournament. That's always been my approach to it until like two years ago when Kentucky like they could have made the tournament had they you know won the conference outright or whatever. But all that to say is I am glad that we Kentucky is a lock for the tournament. I have the hot take, and, and we'll save this for last call maybe later. But and eh, no, I'm just gonna give it now. I think it's stupid uh, that we should we shouldn't like injure our players for a conference tournament, conference title, or whatever. Because you know we should we should really be focusing on the NCAA tournament if we're being honest. And uh, if we could beat Arkansas at Arkansas, then you, you know we could take down you know whatever Vanderbilt without Case and Wallace and actually preparing for it and. If we make a game of Texas A&M without Case and Wallace, great. And if we make the finals, at, at that point, doesn't matter because the committee does not care about what happens on Sunday, unfortunately. So we started off hot. But by the way, the Beers and Buckets College Basketball Podcast is also part of the Hoops Podnet, um, the Basketball Podcast Network at Hoops Podnet on Twitter. Make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, um, so we have a special episode for you guys today. It is not our normal episode. We are not recapping anything that happened last week. We are looking forward to our conference tournament, like Dal said, conference tournament season. But we are also going to call back a couple, probably 20 episodes ago, um, to our conference tournament prediction, not tournament, conference standing predictions. So we're going to look at the final standings for each conference of the Power Six. Sorry, Eamon Majors, but we just didn't include you this time. It'd be, we'd be here for 20 hours if we did that. Um, and, and we're going to look at what Dal and I predicted back in the, before the season, back in October. And then we are going to uh, talk about the conference tournaments and kind of give our predictions there. Uh, before we do any of that, make sure you check out DraftKings and here's a word from them. NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Appreciate you listening to that. But here we go. Beer review before we do anything else, before we talk anything about uh, basketball or about buckets, we're talking about beers. Uh, so now, what are you drinking tonight, my man? I'm going to go get mine. It's okay. As he's getting his, I'm going to go share mine and uh, talk about it real quick. It is a vanilla porter by Breckenridge Brewery. Brewery, excuse me. Um, it is a, let's see what it says. Ro- it's roasted with malts and notes of vanilla. It is 5.4 ABV, uh, 16 IBUs, and is 3.77 on untapped. Let me give it a crack here. Have you had this beer before? I have not. All right, I'm jealous because you get to try it for the first time. It's a delicious beer, in my opinion. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, had some porters before. Um, this is a, near the top of the porters I've tried, mostly on this podcast. Uh, not quite the peanut butter porter that I think I've had before, but it's still pretty good. And uh, definitely tastes the vanilla in it. It's been sitting a little bit out longer from the fridge than I'd like it to be. Um, so for that, that's on me. I don't blame them. But overall, pretty good. Um, compared to college basketball, give me the Pac-12 as a conference as a whole. I see why people like it. Again, not my favorite thing. Uh, like it more than the Big Ten and Michigan and Michigan State and all them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, not not going to be my my go-to for watching college basketball. But you know what? It's available here late at night. And that's what the Pac-12 is for, baby. Available late at night, Pac-12 after dark. Yep, all around. And plus Colorado, Colorado. There we go. I like it. I like it. Um, today I have a Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA. Um, Deschutes based out of Bend, Oregon. We got another Pac-12 brewery here. It's 60 IBU. It's a 6.4% ABV. Um, while I'm... Opening this up, do you want to look it up on Untapped? Yeah, hit me that name again. Deschutes Fresh fresh Squeezed IPA. I found Deschutes Brewery. Let's see, Fresh Squeezed IPA. Get a little bang bang. Ooh, there we go. 6.4, 6.4, like you said, 60 IBU, and it's a 3.91 on untapped. There you go. Pretty good. Um, Higher than most. Higher than most. I would not guess 60 IBU for this. Um, untapped and their IBU, like, descriptions are a little wonky. Like, I don't know if I totally trust them, if that makes well, sense. Well, that's what it says on the thing here, too. Oh, okay, then we, yeah. we, we could trust it. I've had beers on, on before that say it's one thing on the can, and then untapped says it's t- something totally different, so... Um, yeah, no, this is good. The like, it's funny. I was talking with one of my friends who, before recently, was a high noon person. That's like all she drank. Then they ran out of high noons at the bar we go to to play volleyball, so she had to switch to neutrals, which is the Canadian version, essentially. Hmm. And she was like, "Oh, the bubbles are smaller." And I was <laughs> like, "The bubbles are smaller. Like that's what." But it's like it's just like less carbonated, so it yeah, feels like the bubbles are smaller. That's how this is. Like the this isn't very carbonated compared to like other beers, but it makes it really smooth. This is really good. Um, I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go TCU for a very specific reason. So mm-hmm. TCU, like Oregon, like Eastern Washington, I think. There's a couple other schools that have the stupid courts that have the patterns. <laughs> or Oregon's is like that, where like you're just like, Oregon, I see what you're trying to do, but it's ugly and really hard to look at. TCU's has the like the scales, and yeah, it's actually, I hate like, it. I think it's kind of cool. I hate it's, it. It's at least not like actively offensive to my eyes. Yes, I agree is, with that. It's way better than the Memphis. <laughs> Tiger free throw penis things that they had going on there. That one might be the worst, actually. The veins in the free throw. Oh you can't. <laughs> this is why every decision that is made on a corporate level, anything like that, needs a twelve-year-old as part of the review process. Because if a twelve-year-old laughs at it, then you're not doing well. You're we can also speak that. with these twelve-year-olds because we find the we have a very similar sense of humor, but. No, TCU's is something like IPAs that is something that I normally wouldn't gravitate to, which is patterned courts. But in terms of patterned courts, TCU has one of the better ones. Yeah, I agree with that. This is one of the better IPAs I've had. That's a Hmm. very long-winded justification for (laughs) picking TCU, but here we go. It's a great, great connection there, and I love it. Never changed, Al. And also... For some reason, the TCU football jerseys remind me of Black Panther. I don't know if it's because of the black and the purple and then, like, the scales or whatever, but it just reminds me of the um, – reminds me of, like, Wakanda. So it just reminds me of Black Panther. Dude, they sh- they need to do, like, a, a vibranium version of their jerseys. That would be sick. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right. Why, but, have, why has no one thought of this? No. Uh, because they probably can't afford the licensing that goes with that. You know what? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All, All right, right, man. Let's move on to this uh, <laughs> to this prediction here. So ACC. Actually, no. Before we do that, we'll we'll discuss the final week of our throwdown games. Uh, I came back with a whopping 21 of 37, and Dal had 19 of 37. We predicted a lot of games, so our volume is uh, crazy there, and we were not super accurate, but that's okay. Uh, on the season, Dal and I are tied with yeah. five weeks apiece. No, not, not, not only, only yeah, yeah, not only tied five weeks to five weeks, but we have each picked successfully 106 games correctly out of the one 195 that we have picked so we're doing a little bit better than 500 which you would like to be better than that um just picking outright winners but we are picking pretty close games so we're probably like it's not like we're picking a bunch of uh yeah a bunch of like blowout games so that helps our case a little bit there. But yeah, yeah. You know, crazy that we're both tied weeks and like points for essentially yeah. fantasy version. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, next season, because you guys probably are like, wow, these guys suck. We're going to give you the opportunity to pick and uh, you can keep track of yours. And then you won't ever own up to it because we know you guys. But um, you can compare your results to ours next season. So that's in the works, but yeah, um, all that to say is we are we are done picking week by week or game by game essentially, and we are going to look towards our conference tournament brackets. Dal is currently 
going through and deciding on how close we were to our predictions preseason versus final standings for tournaments. So as he's doing that, I'll just start ahead with the ACC. With the final standings for the ACC, if you haven't given it a look or if you don't remember, here's to refresh your memory. We had Miami finishing first, Virginia coming in second, Duke in third, Clemson in fourth, Pittsburgh in fifth, NC State in sixth, UNC seventh, Wake in eighth, Syracuse 9, Boston College 10, Virginia Tech 11, Florida State 12, Georgia Tech 13, uh, Notre Dame 14, and then Louisville rounding it off with 15 there. Um, so Dow went, uh, essentially went in and decided with the final standings, and he looked at what each of each of us picked with the team. So let's say I had Duke finishing first, um, but they end up finishing third. So I was two spots off. Um, I had UNC finishing second. They finished seventh, I think. So they, mm-hmm. they were five spots off. So he added those numbers up. So Dow won the ACC in that regards. Uh, he was 56 spaces off there or places off. And I had 62. So not too far off. Um, a couple of them saved me. I think I picked two correctly is what Dow said. Yeah, you had two um, correct. I had zero correct, but I had a lot of. But his were closer in regards. Yeah, I was I was one off on a lot of them where you were like two or three off. So those yeah, which uh, going through this, I mean, which one, which team were you like? Oh yeah, dead set. Like, and you were you felt like it was the closest to your actual prediction. Um. So, like I said, I had a lot of one off. Honestly, I'm I was. Very confident Wake would end up seventh or eighth. I was kind of wrong about Wake's season in general, but was very confident that they would be in that six, seven, eight range. Uh, they finished eighth. Um, what else did we have? I mean, we were both pretty confident that um, Miami, Duke, Virginia would be up near the top. Uh, you had three of those teams with UNC at second, you had three of those teams in the top four. So did I, um, we had the same top four in some order. Um, yeah. so those are the ones we were confident in. Uh, I feel like they panned out for the most part. Uh, the bottom of the ACC was what kind of threw us for a loop. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I had, I, I mean, I had Louisville 10th. They ended up finishing last. So that was five spots off. I had, um, let's see. NC State, I had I was not high on them at all. You were one spot ahead of them on me. You had them eleventh, I had twelfth. End up uh making us eat some crow there too, finishing with sixth. So uh that was that was pretty rough overall. Gosh, could you imagine NC State if they had actually gotten Dillingham to rec- like reclassify? That'd have been a fun team to watch this year. But anyways. Yeah. Um Mr. Quagon Smith would have been sweet. Yeah. But all that to say, uh, we aren't super accurate with our ACC predictions, but we also thought the ACC was going to be better than it actually ended up being. Uh, and that just turned out not to be the case this year, unfortunately. Um, also, you're talking about, we're talking about ACC. Dal, you want to air some grievances with ACC voters real quick? Dude. All right. Yeah. This was going to be my last call, but I'll come up with another last call. Yeah. Iris Proctor got a vote for ACC player of the year, not Duke player of the year, not Duke. <laughs> best player from overseas like someone had the audacity 
can vote someone that didn't even end up making an all ACC team have the audacity to vote them as the ACC player of the year. Wasn't the best player on his team. Wasn't the best guard in the state of North Carolina. Um, <laughs> I have a little bit of a qualm with who ended up winning, although Isaiah Wong is great, uh, obviously. Um, weird that the guy that is leading the country in both points or the conference in both points and assists doesn't win. If a guard is going to win, you would think that person would be the person to win. But alas, here we are. Uh, congrats to Isaiah Wong. But we need more for the for those who don't who aren't keeping score or keeping track. Who is the guy that's leading the conference? Oh, yeah. Shit, I said that a bunch of times and didn't even <laughs> say the name. It's Tyrese Appleby. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest Human Deacon. Uh, yes. Yeah, Tyree Appleby. Um, but we need some some more accountability with voters. Just like refs need to be held accountable, which they are not. Voters also need to be held accountable. And if you voted for Tyrese Proctor, you can be sent to the moon with no helmet. Like, what are you doing? You don't need an ACC vote. So do your job better. Hey, can I tell you um, – the five players to watch who one of the players I had on that list was who Tyree Appleby. You did. I was very on my head. I was so excited about like three of our other transfers, one of which <laughs> barely even played. And you want to look at those real quick. I mean, we don't have this plan, but that's just fun. Uh, terrible pick, but I had Derek lively as a, uh, as a player to watch along with Nigel pack, not a terrible pick there. Dior Johnson, Tyree Appleby, Judah Mintz. You had Isaiah Wong, Damari Monsanto, uh, Reese Beekman, Caleb Love, and Terquavian Smith. So I feel like overall we were pretty close at hitting, missing on a couple. But, I mean, to be fair, back in October, Derek Lively I thought was going to be that guy. I think everybody thought he was going to be pretty good. Yeah, your ACC player of the year, Derek Lively, according to you. That's hot. Hot take, man. Filipowski ended up winning freshman of the year, right? Yeah, he did. There was yeah, it would have been take. unanimous, but there were seven votes for Judah Mintz, who I had on my five players to watch list. I wasn't yeah, high on Filipowski, know. but you know what? He he oozes that college basketball. Like I think Derek Lively's game will translate better to the league than Filipowski's, and I think Filipowski is going to be what Oscar Shibway and Drew Timmy, and you know, he's going to be that guy for college basketball for the next three years now. So, you think he's, he's the highest be- person on draft True. boards right now for yeah, the NBA? Fair. I doubt he stays longer than two years. The person that I'm really annoyed by is Ty- uh, is Proctor because he is going to be annoyingly good next year. He started breaking out this year. He had a couple yeah. games where he was really good. He's going to be so good next year, and it's going to be so annoying. And uh, your your my hot take was Lively does everything UNC fans wish Baycott could do that obviously didn't come to fruition. Your hot take was a non-Duke player wins freshman of the year that did not come into fruition. Has hey, coach of the year close. been announced? Um, I didn't see it, but – I don't know how it wouldn't be. Um, Jeff Capel. Uh, yeah. Jeff Capel won Coach of the Year. 
Okay. I, I mean, that like, checks out. I mean, they were not predicted to be that great this year. We had Pitt 13th and 14th. This year <laughs> yeah. And they, they hit, so. Yep. <laughs> and honestly, could have been as high as third because they have the same record as Clemson and Duke. In yeah. Too, so. Yeah. Just lost some head to head, I think, there. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and I had Clemson 11th and 12th. That's tough. Uh, Overall, we weren't super accurate, but you know what? We're still getting a feel for this. And also, there was the ACC man was just crazy, just absolutely crazy. So now we our, now we will predict the conference tournaments. It starts Tuesday, um, so let's do this, man. Um, so first round of the tournament, we have FSU taking on Georgia Tech. Who you got? Um, I'm going to go FSU. They still have more talent, even though they're bad. But they just have more talent than Georgia Tech, so. Yep, I agree with that. I'll I'll agree with you on there and picking that. We got Boston College taken on Louisville. I think we know the answer to this one. Mm-hmm. Give me the cards. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we did say that we were gonna. We wish we could pick like one of them, like them to win a game at some point in the like Shark Tank upsets or whatever. This could be our. This could be our time. We pick them. I'm not picking them. <laughs> I think I think this team's giving up on themselves. Eastern Michigan had more wins than Louisville this year. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, um, future number one overall pick next Kevin Durant on their team. So you know. All right, let's do. Uh, we had that Virginia Tech taking on Notre Dame. You taking BT? I don't know, man. This is this is actually a really tough matchup, and really, I'm gonna be fun to watch. I mean, I probably won't watch it on a Tuesday at seven seven p.m., but uh, I'll catch the the rerun of it later that night. Um, I don't know. You think you think Virginia Tech? Um, I do, but let's let me check. Real My quick. case for Notre Dame here is Mike Bree's last tournament. Uh, I just think they. I think they. They're going to come out a little bit hungrier. They are the higher seed in this. So 14 upsetting an 11 seed. Virginia Tech. I don't Virginia know. Tech won, Virginia Tech won their only matchup this year, 93 to 87. So not too far off. Defense will not be played in this game. No. I, um, I, think, my, I think my pitch for um, – for Notre Dame is that they just have a very small rotation, which won't help them throughout the tournament because that's too many games in a row. But for the first for the first game, them getting a um, like a legitimate having a, a, a small rotation could, could kind of help. Yeah, and that, and I want to see more of JJ Starling, and this is the last that we're getting of him. So I'm just going to go ahead and give. Notre Dame than not like I agree with you I think they don't make it far in this tournament but I think they can they can beat Virginia Tech so so we go Notre Dame isn't he hurt is he he didn't play in their last game you're right he didn't huh um I'll keep looking while you oh well if that's the case then let's just go Virginia Tech if he's hurt he's he's preparing for that draft. That's, I mean, he's not staying. And if he is, if he is, if he is staying in college basketball, he's not staying on Notre Dame. So, um, yeah, let's go. Let's go, Virginia Tech. Then change my tune there. All right. So then we have, um, let's see. We had 
On in the second round, we have Syracuse taking on Wake. This is tough, man. No, it's as not. much as I hate for it to be tough sounding, it is tough. It's not tough. We're gonna get fucking cooked because Syracuse always has our number. They just beat the crap out of us at the Dean Dome, not the Dean Dome. I was like, no, that's not it. And Wake just for some reason can never win in the ACC tournament. So I'm going Q's. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to agree with you there. All right, and then we have. Please, please prove me wrong. <laughs> then we have uh, we have who we pick FSU taking Florida on. State. Yeah, we have FSU taking on uh, Florida State here. I think Pitt wins that one. Florida State's or, bad. Pitt, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Uh, Pitt. Moving on. Then we have Boston College taking on UNC. Have you got to pick BC here? Um. So, is there a scenario that UNC still makes the tournament? Mm. Let's go look at bracket makers real quick. If there is a scenario that UNC makes the tournament and then maybe have to win one more quad one game or something like that, then I'm going to pick UNC. If they're out of the tournament, then I'm going to go to Boston College because the team that has nothing left to lose is going to win in this in this regards, in my opinion. Doesn't look like it. They're only in one bracket currently. That's tough, man. Start preseason number one is in one bracket. Yikes. Um, in last year. Then, yeah. Um, I said we go BC. Yeah, let's go. Just to shake things up. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll post these, obviously, for those who don't want to listen to us talk about it. Um, And then we have Virginia Tech uh, with playing NC State here, game seven. And then we got to go State. Yeah. It's funny, Uh, though. Like, State has now become the... Like almost the DJ Burns uh, <laughs> show over the Dirk Wayne Smith show because he's just an absolute monster of a human. All right, then we have on Thursday we have Miami taking on Syracuse. I'm going Miami. Yeah. All right, and then we have. Uh, Duke taking on Pitt. I think Duke's playing really well right now. Yeah, they they like Kentucky have found a way to win late. Then we have Virginia taking on BC. Boston College. I think this is where BC's run ends. Yep, it's almost sharpie at this point, right? Then we have Clemson taking on C State. This is the one that I don't think will be sharpie. Yeah, so Clemson is 2-0 in the series this year. Beat them 78-64 and 96-71. So I think I'm going to go NC State. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Clemson here. Oh, Dow. Don't you know the old adage? 
it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, which actually yeah. is not true. It's seventy percent of the time, or whatever they say. Like it's like it's really not that true at all. Yeah, uh, I'll Especially go. Clemson. When one of the teams beats you by twenty five points. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going Clemson with this one too. All right, so then we have Miami taking on Duke. On oh, this is semifinals on Friday. What do you think? I think I think Miami takes it. I like that. I think pick. The guard play is too good for Duke. If. Uh... If Noshad Amir can hang with the big men for for Duke, I think they have a very good shot at this. Duke beat them at home, like at Miami's home, 16-66 in the regular season. And they beat er, they beat them 68-66 at home, like in Cameron, 68-66 on January 21st. And then Miami came back and beat them 81-59 in Coral Gables. So I'm down to to even even more so I'm down to pick Miami. Yeah. All right. And then we have um, Virginia taking on Clemson. I I like the Cavs in this matchup here. Yep. It looks like that they won the only matchup this this year. UVA did 64-57. Not, not too far off. No, but I mean Virginia is one of those teams that doesn't blow anyone out really. So yeah, except for like the first game of the, like I think the first week of the season they might have just or the first or second week they blew somebody out and we're like, well, they, they, they beat Monmouth eighty nine forty two. It was like a bigger name team. I can't remember who it was, but we're like they beat Baylor eighty six seventy nine. That's that's what it was. That's. I mean, shit for Not UVA. A that's a blowout and a yeah, the most high-scoring game of all time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So now we have Miami taking on Virginia. Man, I don't want to pick the one seed, but I just this Virginia team's been up and down, man. I feel like it has. It's been good enough for the ACC, um, but up and down in, in regards to college basketball in general. Yep. Uh, Miami won the only matchup this year that was that was in Coral Gables. It was the first ACC game, or no, second ACC game of the year. They won sixty six sixty four. I'd be down to go Miami just because they have the yeah. best player in this in this game as well. Yep. All right, we're going Miami then. All right, so that concludes our ACC revisit and predictions. Let's take a break and come back. All right, we spent a little too long on the ACC for my liking, so we'll we'll speed things up here. But uh, Big Ten, the final standings – or Big 12, I'm sorry. Final standings for Big 12 are Kansas, Texas, Kansas State coming at three, Baylor at four, TCU at five, Iowa State at six, Oklahoma State seven, West Virginia eight, Texas Sec 9, and Oklahoma 10. So, um, oddly enough, the Big 12 has 10 teams and should be renamed to the Big 10 and should go from there. 
Matthew <laughs> right there. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dal, how do we do in the Big 12 here uh, in our preseason predictions back in that? Actually, I don't think actually aired, but we still have them listed here. So might as well talk about them. Yeah. So this was the episode we did with Steven, I think, before uh, we realized that it didn't post. Uh, honestly, not super great for either of us here. We have mid <laughs> Kansas State dead last, and they finished third. We were idiots and didn't pick Kansas to finish first because they always do. We should have so, trusted our gut there. <laughs> dumb, dumb on our part. Um, we had well, we had TCU second, and they finished fifth. They were pretty solid. Um, yeah, not not overly great uh, showing. Texas Tech. Luckily, we were lower on Texas Tech than than the homer <laughs> even, so we'll take that as a win. We also had West Virginia pretty low. Um, so this look, I get the fact that the Big Twelve is very good, but with there being only ten teams, like, people acting like that the Big Twelve is full of just great teams when. You got two teams going five and thirteen conference. Like the parity that people act like the Big Twelve has isn't really the case, and there's a pretty clear hierarchy here in terms of team quality. And I think that gets kind of lost in just the fact that they play each other a ton because they yeah. have to. Yeah, and I think part of it too is like I don't care if you only lost by three, you still lost, and like you have to find ways to win in those scenarios, you know. So it's like, uh, like you you could go and you could lose in overtime, but at the end of the day, you're still not a good enough team to take, you know. Like it, it's it's tough because I want to say like, oh yeah, the Big Twelve is a really good conference, and it is a really good conference, but you got to take into account that like there are teams like out look outside of the conference what those teams are doing. They weren't that great either, you know? Like, if they were killing teams outside of the conference, they entered the conference and conference play, and they were getting, you know, they just, you know, they end up going 5-13 and 13 or whatever, then then sure, yeah, it's a really tough conference. But, I mean, out overall, when you are going, you know, one team went sub-500 uh, on the season, you know, like, I think home, your home conference, you know, I just think it's, it's tough. It's tough. That's it is tough. But... Yeah, I mean, you still have to win. I know you can't win every game. The conference as a whole has to go 500 in conference play because that's how math works. But people act like that there's no really, like, truly poor team in the Big 12. I feel like part of that is just caused by the it's like the opposite of cannibalization. Like, they uh, – raising tide rises all boats or whatever the saying is. Like, yeah, the, those bottom teams that would be bottom teams if they were – even if there were more teams in the conference, get kind of boosted uh, from a an overall ratings perspective because they play all of the top teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's let's move on then to our uh, um, Big Twelve tournament prediction. So we have the first round on Wednesday: West Virginia taking on Texas Tech. Who do you got in this one? Who who are we picking in this one? Do we have to pick a team? We unfortunately do, and I think with all the controversy with Mark Adams suspended, I think I think 
West Virginia is the better team this year. Give me the give me the Mountaineers. Um, sure. I don't really want to pick this game because this game's gross. But since we have to, I'll go West Virginia as well. <laughs> All right, and then we have and the the only other game in the second in the first round is OK State taking on Oklahoma. I'm OK State here. Yeah, as much as I love Porter Mosier. I think he bit off a little bit more. He could chew uh, overall, unfortunately. But yep. um, they also Oklahoma State won both games this this year, seventy two fifty six and seventy one sixty one. So Oklahoma State seems to have handled Oklahoma pretty well. Both yeah. Games. All right, then we have the next day we have Kansas taking on West Virginia. Give me the Jayhawks. Yep. Um, and then we have Baylor taking on Iowa State. This is actually a tough game. Iowa State's come on as of late. Baylor, Baylor whatever not. happened Saturday. Okay, well, you, define coming on because they got beat by – they got destroyed by Iowa State. Uh, to end the season, but looks like oh yeah, I guess I guess I don't know. I was thinking Iowa State, about the I guess they went from five and two in conference to eight and nine. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, they lost uh, by three to West Virginia. Maybe I was thinking an inverse of that game. Um, but anyways, they, I mean they just whoop yes, Baylor. Baylor. I don't think that happens. Give me Baylor again in this one. Yeah, I like Baylor as well. Yeah. Um, all right, then we have Texas taking on uh, Oklahoma State. Texas, you know Oklahoma State here. Uh, yeah, they're they, still they're still fighting for uh, for a bid, right? I think so. They lost Texas both games this year by a pretty decent margin both times, but I think they're still fighting for something. Um, let's see where. Also, at this point, how do you how does Texas not entertain the fact that they can just hire this coach, the interim coach, as the head coach? Yeah, I mean, he they're they're keeping they're basically where we thought Chris Beard would have him. Yeah, like there's no point in changing it up. But like you said, I think earlier when we talked about the Beard situation is recruiting. Um, but uh, what's his name hasn't decommitted is planning on staying. If I'm not mistaken, I forget who who was it that's committed. Uh. What's his name? Shoot. You know who I'm talking about. Kind of. It's bothering me that I just had this right here. Basketball commits. Oh, Ron Holland. Yeah, Ron Holland. There we go. The surefire Arkansas lock that everyone thought he was going to be. Uh, Anyways. um, Yeah, I think I think you should just keep. You should just keep him, whatever his name is, as as your coach, unless they're recruiting dips, and then you're right out of talent. But also transfer portal, you never know what happens. So, um, all right, talked enough about Texas and recruiting. Uh, so we have Oklahoma State going on, and then you have Kansas State and TCU battling for the purple here. Wh- who's got? Who's the better purple? I am still high on TCU, so I'm down to go them. Uh, we got to battle this one out somehow because I think Kansas State 
Uh, we'll go TCU. I'll, I'll trust your judgment on this one. You've been too high on them too long to, for you to switch up let's now. See, let's see what happened in the um, – at TCU, TCU won 82-68 at Canton, in Manhattan, TCU lost 82-61. So the home team ruled here – Neither game was really close. Wait, no. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, this is tough. It's, I feel like it's a coin flip. Where Should is we just the Big flip a coin? Tournament? Where's the Big 12 tournament? Oh. In, in Kansas City again? That's a good question. Yeah, Kansas City. Um, give it to the home team then. Yeah, let's go Kansas State. All right, then we have on Friday, um, Kansas taking on Baylor in this scenario. My heart wants Baylor. My mind's telling me Kansas. Let's go Baylor. I don't know if Kansas really has anything to play for. Yeah, that is point. a fair point. They've, and then we have – they're pretty locked into that one seed. Yeah. They're Baylor like the number one seed overall. Two. Or they should be the number one seed all overall. They have like how many quad one wins? Like it's like insane. 15. Super dumb. Yeah, there's definitely a flaw in that system. Hundred yep. percent. But uh can't argue it when it's in uh selection Sunday, though. Gotta go by the system. True. Uh okay state taking on Kansas State. The battle for the states. I think Kansas State takes this one. Let's go K-State. And then... All right. And final, Baylor taking on Kansas State. It's still on a Saturday, so it kind of matters. It matters, but it doesn't. I kind of want to go K-State here. Yeah, uh, Baylor lost to Kansas State on on the road, and they uh, does that the, uh, then the, they lost both games um, at home in overtime, ninety seven ninety five back in January seventh, and then they lost on February twenty first on the road by ten. Yeah. So, K yeah, State. Think, yep, K State is our Big Twelve champion. Congrats to them. All right. So now we'll talk about the Big Ten. Might as well, right? Yes, sir. All right. So the Big Ten, the final standings, Purdue 1, Indiana 2, Northwestern 3, Michigan State 4, Illinois 5, Maryland 6, Iowa 7, Michigan 8, Penn State 9, Rutgers 10, Wisconsin 11, Nebraska 12, Ohio State 13, and Minnesota 14. Yeah, how did we do? We did not horrible. Um, let me get my notes out. Um, so, with in a conference with um, how many teams is that? Fourteen. Two, four, yeah. So, in a conference with one fewer teams, uh, you ended up coming out on top with forty-four points missed to my forty-six. So you won by two there, but again, keep in mind for the ACC, we they're just one extra team 
Yeah. And we missed by a combined 118 points. And here we only yeah. missed by a combined 90 points. So definitely more accurate. Yeah. You know what's not accurate? Our Northwestern predictions. That is one of the bigger misses that we had all year. <laughs> you had them in the bottom three. You had them next to last. Luckily, we got Minnesota right, so it makes up for it. Yeah. But, yeah, not a good look That's for tough. us. Dude, it, it's been a great week for Northwestern. They finish tied for second, essentially, in the Big Ten. They have an edge defender go and run a, like, four four two at 280 okay. pounds at the Combine. Yeah. Um, had another, a couple of other good testers, Evan Hull, uh, the running back, Tested really well. They had a cornerback test really well. Um, great, great week for Northwestern. Yeah. Now let me ask you this, Dal. Do you believe there are nine to ten teams from the Big Ten that deserve to go to the NCAA tournament this year? Sweet Jesus, no. Um, okay. I would say so. at a maximum one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight would be the absolute max, and I think it's really only seven. So, yeah, Michigan is the one that's there, like, kind of on the bubble. But they you should be You they can't go 500 be. or less in your conference and make the tournament. So uh, that, that means and, and, and the NCAA evaluation tool, or the net ranking, what we, what we refer to in these situations, they are less than two games behind 500, and they have more than one or more than two quad three or four losses. Yeah, they can't. I don't know how they make the tournament, but they probably will because the only way they can make it at this point is by winning the tournament. So, uh, I hope you're correct. I'm worried. Uh, no, I think I think I think that the amount of Big Ten teams to make the tournament should end with Iowa. Like it should be the final Big Ten standings that, and as soon as Iowa's gone, but everything everything behind that shouldn't you go into the tournament. That would be seven. That'd be seven bids, right? Yep, and and I believe there that is a, a good number for them. The, the SEC has eight. I don't even know if they're. I'm not even sure if uh, SEC should have eight teams going. To be honest with you, uh, Big Twelve has eight or Big Twelve is seven. Uh, I'm trying to think, ACC is five. You know, like you, if you watch college basketball at all, you would realize that Michigan doesn't deserve it. Penn State doesn't deserve it. Rutgers doesn't. Wisconsin definitely doesn't. You know, like there's just not they're not good enough. Ohio State to start as high as they started, they were they finished five and fifteen in conference. Yeah. Like no way should they make the tournament. Not a chance. Yeah. So anyways, uh any other surprising ones that we had here? Um I was higher on Ohio State than I should have been. You were higher than I was on Ohio State. So that didn't age well for us. Um, no. our Michigan, yeah. Michigan was, you were, you had Michigan finishing second. I them finishing sixth or fifth. So there we go. Honestly, I think the biggest shout out is just to Purdue. We, we both had them finishing fourth. They finished first, yeah. but in a conference, as much as we like to kind of clown on it, that still has a lot of talent, um, for yeah. them to finish first and finish first by three games. 15 and 5 in conference without a non conference loss. Purdue deserves a ton of flowers, especially Zach Eady for being able to play much more consistently than he had in the past. Um, 
Okay, it's... but did you see that push that he had on Coleman Hawkins on Saturday? No, is that the one where he like got up like super into him and he pushed him? He like Coleman Haw- Hawkins got him to jump and then like he like fell midair. Edie did mm. and like straight up pushed Coleman uh, Hawkins like completely off into the ground and like it hurt his back I think too. And, oh like, no, I did. Wasn't reviewed as a flagrant or anything, which it a hundred percent was a flagrant foul. But we all know the incompetencies of NCAA refs. This is not a podcast for that, but. True. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, because we could be here all day talking about that Kentucky-Arkansas game and how terrible the refs were. It was bad to both sides. It was like, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, All right, so we won't spend any more time on this. Let's talk tournament. Um, On March eighth, we have Ohio State taking on Wisconsin. Who do we got? Um, sorry, I got distracted. Uh, Wisconsin? Uh, I think Ohio State takes it. All right. I mean, I clearly wasn't happy with that pick, so. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just, I just think they're, I think overall, I'd like them more in in that matchup. Uh, then we have Minnesota taking on Nebraska. I don't know. I don't know who the, who's going to win this game, but the loser is whoever watches this game because, yeah. good God, I feel for you. Um, 25 Nebraska, minutes after game one, so uh, I think Nebraska takes it. All right. I'm down with that. Minnesota's really bad. Yeah. All right. Then we have on the next day, March 9th, Rutgers taking on Michigan. It's not a Jersey Mike, so it's anyone's game. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, both of them currently sit in the tournament. Or no, Ruggers is in the tournament. Michigan's kind of on the outside looking in. I'm going, let's go Ruggers here. Ruggers is in? That's what bracket metrics has. Oh, my God. Has them as an 11 seed. That's gross. That's gross. All right, then we have Ohio State taking on Iowa. I think this is where Ohio State season ends, personally. Iowa's just a better version of Ohio State. Yeah. Then we have Penn State taking on Illinois. This one's tough because we I know we like we both like Penn State's ability to shoot the ball. Um I know Illinois is playing well. Let's see who Illinois. They lost to Penn State seventy four fifty nine. In the beginning of December. All right, let's go Penn State here. They won both games. Okay. Um, Penn State. Write this here. And then we have Nebraska taking on Maryland. Gotta go, Maryland. Yeah. (laughs) Maryland, yeah. All right. And then March 10th, we have... um, 
Rutgers taking on Purdue. I think Purdue rolls here. Yeah. And then we have uh, Iowa taking on. Yeah, Iowa taking on Michigan, Michigan State. State. Let's go Iowa. Would be my choice. Yeah, I, I, I like that there. Uh, and then we have Penn State taking on uh, Purdue. Or no, Penn. Or sorry, Penn State taking on Northwestern. Excuse me. So let's go back to Penn State here. Um, Penn State. They beat Northwestern by three in overtime on the road. Yep. And that's it. Yeah, the only matchup they had. Um, let's go Penn State. I'm down. I'm down and keep keep it rocking. Keep it hot, baby. Keep it hot. Um, okay, and then we have Maryland taking on IU. Um, I think Indiana wins. Yeah. They're playing really good basketball right now. They Joe are. Hitchino's really good. All right. Now we have Purdue taking on Iowa on March 11th. I think Purdue takes this one. It's actually really hard for me to pick against Purdue. They beat <laughs> yeah. Iowa. They played once this year, and they beat them 87-73. I don't yeah. know if Iowa has the size to match up with them, so I'm going with Purdue. And and I just thought they don't have the defense either. Um, yeah. And then we have Penn State taking on Indiana. My I think this is day three for Penn State. They're going to be tired. IU's only played one game at this point. Penn State relies on shooting. Can they get a fourth day? Of shooting out of this, or a third day of shooting out of this, I don't. I think it. I don't like the odds for Penn State here. I'm going IU. Yeah, Penn State. Although Penn State did beat them 85-66 earlier in the year, uh, I think I'm going to go IU as well. I like your thought process on it being a like they're going to be tired at that point. Yeah. Um, they also just like. They have a relatively small bench. So, yeah, I'd, you get some tired arms. They don't shoot as well, and Indiana comes away with it. Yeah. Okay, and then in championship game, we have Purdue and Iowa – or Indiana, sorry. Um, who we got in this one? Purdue lost to Indiana by five on, on February 4th, and – they lost, lost both games, games actually, yeah. home and away, uh, by five in the first game and then by eight in the second game, which totally doesn't mean much. There could have been some fouling to stop the clock kind of situation. So, yep. Um, I'm going to go Purdue. I think I'm going to agree with you on here. And because of the old adage, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season, I think this is one of the rare cases where it's actually true. Yeah. True. It, uh, Purdue has the better offense and the better defense, according to adjusted efficiency as well. So yeah, that's good to see. All right, let's move on. Let's take a break and then we'll move on. All right, we are back. This is actually day two as we are recording. Uh, 
for three more conferences that we're going to preview. So we tried to power through last night, decided, you know what, we'll give you a fresh, a fresh uh, mindset tonight. So we're back and we are talking Pac-12. Uh, Dal, Pac-12, how'd you feel about it this season? Well, you know, everyone like kind of gave the, gives the ACC the you know, <laughs> short end of the stick for being bad, but like, are we sure the Pac-12 is not worse? That's a fair point. That is a fair point. The uh, yeah, I mean, you get about halfway down, and your team is ten and ten. Your teams are ten and ten. Utah is ten and ten. They upset the number two team in the final standing. So let's go through the final standings, actually. So we have UCLA coming in one, uh, and they are also number two in the AP poll as it stands. So they they surged late. Um, Arizona coming in at two, USC three, Oregon four, Arizona State five, Washington State six, Utah seven, Washington eight, Colorado nine, Stanford 10, Oregon State 11, and California 12. Uh, Cal, Cal should just be thanking their like all of the gods that exist for Louisville existing because if not for Louisville, they would be by far the worst Power Five team. They are two hundred first in Ken Palm and won a whopping three games compared to Louisville's four games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That is that is one hundred percent correct. It's just bad. I forgot they had a basketball team, to be honest with you. They went um, 12 straight games to start the season where they lost. Then they won three of four, including a win at home against Colorado, which is actually a pretty solid win. Then put up 92 against Stanford and then yeah. lost, what's that, 15 straight? Yeah, 15 straight to end the season. Yeah. Now, we didn't predict give our predictions of – for the Pac-12, if I'm not mistaken, our final standings, right? I don't think so. Um, so, but I can tell you right now, the top three teams don't surprise me. Uh, UCLA, Arizona, and USC, in that order, they don't surprise me. I think we we had discussions about this. Might not be recorded, but we definitely had discussions about the Pac-12. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the top three teams don't surprise me. You can maybe make a case for Oregon. I would I would have flipped Arizona and UCLA, personally, but... That's just me. See, I I didn't, and I knew it because Hami Haka is coming back, Tiger Campbell coming back. Like, there's just a lot of consistency with that UCLA team I mean, that came back. Whereas Arizona lost a lot uh, there with Ben Mathren and uh, uh, Colo- uh, Christian Coloco. Uh, yeah, those were two. They're fifty-eighth in D1 experience this year, and I mean, Tabulas is a junior. Balo is a junior. Kirk Chris is a junior. Yeah. They have every single person that's above a a role player. So anyone 16% and above in terms of usage is either a junior or a senior on that team. Yeah. No, like they had a lot of consistency. My biggest thing was the two best players for Arizona last year were not on the team. Whereas UCLA, you would make a case – uh, Hobby Hopkins was player. the best player for them, and he returned. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but we'll allow it. <laughs> so, with that said, uh, let's let's give a well, actually, let's talk about it. Is is Boogie Ellis the best guard in the Pac-12? This is a hot take. Maybe. Um, 
I feel like he is personally. I mean, yes? Question mark? Yeah, probably. Jalen Clark is the only person I'm considering. He was the best defender in the Pac-12 this year. So he's the only one that I am kind of – that's making me pause a little bit there. But probably, yeah. Wasn't it announced that Jalen Clark's done for the season? Uh, Yes, that came out today. Yeah, so. Really sad. Well, actually, I don't know if I saw that he was officially done for the season, but I saw that he was probably going to be out for the Pac-12 tournament. So I think I on college basketball said he is done for the season. Yeah, that I saw it early in the day, so it could have been that that came out kind of after. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, yeah. Once it gets to past Oregon, it's just bonkers how crazy the the Pac-12 went, though. Um, You have Arizona State finishing fifth. Which I knew they were decent, but then I didn't think they would finish fifth. I would not have expected. Yeah, exactly. I thought Utah would be bumped up a little bit more. They played really good to start the season. I think they battled some injury issues. Uh, they end up rounding out the Pac-12 conference play at ten and ten, and then from there it's just like it's it's not too surprising. I thought Washington would be a little better than they were, um, but it is what it is. So. Let's let's go ahead and preview the Pac-12 tournament. We already have, I think, some of these games are already predicted because it's Tuesday as we're recording. Let me pull up uh, games here as we talk about it. So that way we're not giving outdated predictions like we did last night, but here we go. Um, Sorry, this is terrible podcasting. But we are talking about Colorado taking on Washington today and who end up winning that game. Do we have it? I'm just going to go to Pac-12. Boom. Okay, Colorado. No, that's Wednesday. No, none of these games have happened. So this starts Wednesday. Perfect. All right, so. All of the tournaments that we're talking about today start Wednesday. Perfect. Perfect. So. Um, if you're listening to this, this is Wednesday, Wednesday morning, probably you're listening to this. So tonight at five o'clock, Colorado taking on Washington. Who are we liking this? I personally will go ahead and say Washington, but if you want to debate it, let's debate it. Um, I mean, I think Colorado probably has the best player in this game. So, I mean, I'd be down really to kind this of go. Is this Keon slander right here? What's this? I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really slander as much as just I really like. Um, I know. I his name. KJ Simpson. Is that the best player? Yeah. So you you think Colorado's going to take it? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. Washington Washington's really really bad on the offense or on the defensive rebounding side. That's one of Colorado's strengths. Um, yeah. Plus Colorado's defense is just. Unreal. That is true. They they do have a really strong defense there. All right. And then we have uh, Cal taking on Washington State. I think Washington State takes it. Cal's just not good. I mean, Cal is, like we said, Cal's lucky that, that, uh, <laughs> that Louisville exists so that they're not the worst power five. Yes. And then we have Stanford taking on uh, Utah here. So, I want to go Stanford just because they have the best player in the game. 
Harrison Ingram. I want to go to Utah because I think they're longer. They have more experience, especially Pac-12 experience. And because you picked Colorado in that matchup, we're going to go Utah. They split the series pretty evenly in the regular season. Stanford beat them 78-72 on the road and then lost to them 71-66 at home. So, like, literally almost exactly even. Yeah. All right, and then we have Oregon State taking on Arizona State. I mean, Arizona State, right? Oregon State's – Yeah. They're not Cal bad, but they're pretty bad. Yeah, they're they're trending. They were trending that way for sure. All right, now next day quarterfinals we have Colorado taking on UCLA. I'm going to go ahead and write down UCLA for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have – uh, Washington State taking on Oregon. So, I think this is the upset here. I'm down for it. They lost to them 74-60. Washington State lost 74-60 uh, at Oregon on December 1st, which is a weird time to play a conference game. Um, yeah. But then they beat them 68-65 at home late in the year. I'm down to go Washington State. Okay. And we have Utah taking on Arizona. Um, Utah is one of the six losses that Arizona has this year. They also, yeesh. This is a weird series, too. So Arizona lost to Utah 81-66 at Utah on December 1st. Then they played them at home and beat them 88-62. In February. Almost flipped the script. Yeah. Yeah, but like to flip the script from what what's that? Like a seventeen point no, fifteen point yeah. like loss to that big of a win is is really weird. Um I mean I like Arizona, but I'm down to go a little upsetty if we want to. Uh so this is tough. You look at the last what Six games for Arizona. They went three and three yep. with losses to Stanford, Arizona State, and UCLA. So the one really good loss being UCLA. Yep. Not that Arizona State and Stanford are bad, but, but then they have wins over Utah, Colorado, which are whatever, but then a good win over USC on the road. Um, man, this is tough. Do we flip a coin on this? Um, all right, I'm thinking of a number. What number am I thinking of? One or two? Two. Two is correct. So you go with whatever you want. What? That's bull crap. <laughs> uh, I hate that. Um, let's go. Let's go fun. Let's go Utah. All right, let's do it. All right, and then we have USC taking on U or ASU, Arizona State. Yep. I like USC just, again, default to best player, especially best guard, Boogie Ellis. Yeah. Guard play, crucial. Yep. All right, then we have in the semifinals, UCLA taking on Washington State. This is where the Cougars run comes to a close, in my opinion. Yes. And then we have Utah taking on USC. I'm down for USC to win this one. Yeah, I think I agree with that. All right, then in the finals, we would have UCLA taking on the Trojans. Battle of Los Angeles here. Um, Let's see what what happened in this regular season. I predicted this in the Orlando Live show. Uh, 
on Thursday, January 22nd, or yep. 26th, excuse me, UCLA yep. lost at, at uh, USC here. You so. want to USC here? I do. I really do. I feel like, I, I, and for all the reasons I predicted in the live show, I like, I like the length of USC, and I like, I mean, I really like Bogey Ellis a lot. I think he is an underrated player in the grand scheme of college basketball. I feel like not enough people are talking about him. And UCLA just lost their best perimeter defender. So that is also correct. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, that is the Pac-12. And now it's time. We're going to head down south to one of the rising conferences in college basketball over the last few years, thanks to quality hires from programs. Here we are, SEC basketball. And it was a weird – I mean, it, it was and wasn't. Right, we think everybody was super high on Kentucky, um, and they just were they were what Alabama was last year, just a roller coaster. Had great wins and terrible losses, right? Um, And then Alabama last year, they put that behind them, and they just had great wins all season. They only had two conference losses. So let's uh, break down the rankings here, the final standing. So we had Alabama finishing first, Texas A and M finishing second. Kentucky in third, Missouri in fourth, Tennessee fifth, Vandy sixth, Auburn seven, Florida eight, Mississippi State nine, Arkansas ten, Georgia eleven, South Carolina twelve, Ole Miss thirteen, and LSU fourteen. Anything surprise stand out to you, Dale? I think the biggest one is probably Mizzou. So Texas A&M finishing second, Mizzou finishing fourth are the two big one, big surprises from the like top of the standings. Um, to me, the biggest surprise is not who finished at the top, but who finished closer in the bottom half to the, to the bottom, which is Arkansas. Yeah, you had people saying they're going to finish third in in the SEC some finish some say finish second like that people were really high on this Arkansas team and they have a lot of talent but it goes it goes to show you need a little bit more than talent and you need to have the right blend of talent right I mean they've battled injuries all season the talent was their issue it was the fact that their talent didn't play like they're yeah you battled injuries even when at full strength, they were still figuring out things that teams were figuring out back in December. What they were figuring out in did February, they ever? Right? They were never really at full strength though, because Trayvon Brazil uh, got hurt after nine games, and yeah. Nick Smith didn't play for the first what six games. He didn't really even play against Troy, so they got three games really before Nick Smith got hurt again, where they had their full strength lineup. Like, yeah. I mean, on average, though, you look at this team, they were 32% from three, 69, nice, but also not nice percentage from free throw. This team had talent, also had struggles, too. I mean, I was higher on Jordan Walsh than most. Um, end up being a still solid player and had a pretty consistent overall, but he's still in a limited role on Courtney Ken Palm. Like, just wasn't used a lot. Um, I think, the, I think personally, I think Anthony Black is better than Nick Smith. 
because you have to factor in the fact that Nick Smith had trouble staying healthy at the end of the day. But mm, yeah, um, I mean, I'm a big Anthony Black fan, but Nick Smith's their best player. Him and Ricky Council. Uh, yeah, I wish we could have seen this team fully healthy because they would have been fun. And yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, they had their moments of fun this season too. Um, this team struggled to put teams, other teams away sometimes, and then they had no problem putting Kentucky away in Rep Arena. Uh, but all, all that is, all that to say is that surprises me that they finished, what, 10th in the conference? They finished sub 500. Uh, they ended on the, they ended the regular season on a three game losing streak. Just struggle, man. Um, two and three, two and eight on the road. So they took care of business at home for the most part, 14-3. Just, this is a weird, weird year for Arkansas because I definitely thought they would finish in the top top five. I mean, um, but yeah, like yeah, you said. If you do, tell me that they have four play, only four players that play in all 31 games, I am not surprised by this at all. Their worst yeah. loss, they lost December 28th against LSU on the road. But other than that, their worst loss is at Vandy, which ended up being a not bad loss. A good loss. loss. Like, yeah, they beat all the teams they should beat. They beat the shit out of Kentucky at one point. Like, I don't know what you really expect whenever you lose two of your main contributors. And oh yeah, another one is yeah. Factor factor um a hundred percent factor injuries into it. Like you can't just say like oh this team didn't live up to expectations. Injuries played a huge crucial role in their final results. Um. Just, just interesting all around. Tennessee, I, I was high on their defense. I was not high on their offense, and I said that from the get go. We might not have said that like recorded, but you and I had conversations about this Tennessee team and how where we're was the offense be, coming? They were always going to be yeah. best over your bust, kind of on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah, and when you rely on one player for all your offense, that's a struggle. Uh, Vandy, man, like. They could have easily threw in the towel after taking that what hundred something to forty four loss uh, to Alabama. Uh, then they fired off you know winning streak uh, three games ending the season the regular season with three game winning streak. So um, shout out to Stack because I think everybody kind of written Vandy off. Um, that he's he's got them in a good spot. They're they're a solid team. Uh, when Kentucky lost them, everyone's like, "It's unacceptable." We lose to Vandy at home. It's like okay, but when you take two point guards, one yeah. point guard's been out. The other one gets injured mid-game. You're not prepared to play a game without a point guard. There you go. You're going to – and they're a solid team. Okay. Um, all that to say, let's time. move on. Tell us all this time, Kentucky okay. fans thinking that one of their losses is an absolutely horrible loss when it's, like, not bad in the slightest. South Carolina was a bad loss. I'll say that. Uh, South Carolina at home, they finished the conference 14-4 and, four, uh, four and 14. Just not not a great team. Not a terrible team in the grand scheme of college basketball, but not a great team. And it was 100% because they got their butts handed to them a few days before against Alabama. Uh, that's what that's what I'm saying it is. But um, Because then after that, they went to into Tennessee and took care of business there. But um, let's move on to actually predicting it. So uh, first round, Wednesday, March 8th, we have Ole Miss taking on South Carolina. I think... I think the Gamecocks take it. Yeah, Ole Miss fired their coach. South Carolina has Gigi Jackson. Yeah. All Who's right, like, then we have LSU. He's like 12th oh, still in 
on Fanspo uh, when I was doing those mock drafts that you have been mm-hmm. doing for the last couple of days that I've been piggybacking on. Gigi Jackson is yeah. like still a lottery pick, which I was kind of surprised about. I mean, he still has potential. He's getting drafted on potential for sure. He was a solid player for them. Uh, they just, if they had won more games, I think they probably he'd probably get he get more love. Just didn't win a lot of games. Um, all right, then we have uh, LSU taking on Georgia. Mm, Georgia, I guess. It was a gross game. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Georgia just because LSU has been—they can't—they can't keep a lead to save their life. They had a lead on what Florida the other day, couldn't Georgia keep it, beat, lost it. Georgia beat LSU in their only matchup at home, sixty-five, sixty-three. So essentially even. Yeah. Let's see who was it that that they were playing the other night? Uh, Florida. Yeah, the game I was talking about with Florida. Um, yeah. So. All right, and then we have Mississippi State taking on Florida in the second round on Thursday. Guess what Mississippi State is shooting from three this year? Uh, You have me, buddy. I'm not going to take a while to stab at that. (laughs) Well, here, uh, do you know how many teams there are in the Ken Palm rankings? Uh, Like, was it 360-something? Yeah, I think it's 363. Guess who is 363rd in three-point shooting this year? Uh, I'd say Mississippi State. Your Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> Problem is with this game is Florida's without Colin Castleton. Oh, I'm still I'm still going Mississippi State. I just – they're like – it's okay. like it's like offensively red on their – yeah, <laughs> three point percentage. There's like the red that's like the kind of like it's it's a little it's bit harder to read. What's no, in this it? Is like, this is like punch you in the face, red. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Then we have South Carolina taking on Tennessee. This I is mean, South Carolina can't. This score. is where South Carolina season then. Yes, South Carolina cannot score. Yeah. They got beat yeah. 85-42 in Columbia uh, on January 7th. I don't think I'm going to be picking the – and then they got beat 85-45 in Knoxville. So that's an aggregate of over – they got beat by, what's that, 43 and then 40 points. So 83-point differential over those two games. I think we're going to go Tennessee here. Yeah. Um, all right, then we have Arkansas taking on Auburn. Let's, this is, I think this is a tough one. I like the length of Arkansas to bother the notoriously short, stubby uh, Auburn guards. Yep. I also just – I trust Arkansas's ability to run the floor – more than Auburn's ability to slow teams down on offense. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, I think Arkansas, like, wants to get out and run. Uh, and I think they're going to bother. Like you said, their length is going to bother uh, Auburn's team to no end. So, and Auburn. Auburn's just been reeling. I feel like it's been, yeah. like, Auburn, lately. Auburn 72, Arkansas 59 in their one meeting, but that was without Nick Smith. 
So yeah, and like sure, yeah, Auburn beat Tennessee at home, but they also did it with Tennessee's without Zakai Ziegler. So can't ignore that. Um, all right, so we're gonna go with Arky here, and then we have. Let's see, where is it? Um, okay, then we have Georgia taking on Vandy. Uh, Vandy. Yeah, I like Vandy in that matchup too. Um, okay, and then we have on Friday the quarterfinals. We have Mississippi State taking on Bama. Then gotta go Bama here. I am struggling with Bama right now. I think they're really hard to predict. They you know, late in the season. Where is where is their page here? Late in the season, after the Brandon Miller incident that week that was announced, they survive an overtime game on the road in South Carolina. They win by three uh, at home against Arkansas. They win in overtime by five, allowing Auburn to score eighty-five points. That's gross. Um, and then they lo- they lose to Texas A&M on the road by six. They have not won by more than, what, six points. Or they haven't gotten within six points or five points, technically, uh, in these games. They, they dismantled Georgia 108 to 59 uh, right before that incident came out. Like, well, I mean, before the news broke about the incident that happened earlier in the season. Are they just are they just distracted by all of it? Do you think? Um, I mean, that was a rough week for them. Sure, but a rough week when you go what two and two is not horrible. Since February fifteenth, Mississippi State is three and three with wins against Ole Miss and South Carolina. So the two worst teams and losses, yeah. a loss at home to Kentucky, and then a loss on the road at Mizzou and at Bandy. Um, only, only win by, I don't know, all those wins are single digit wins, uh, even against South Carolina at home, only a 74, 68 win. Like I said, they're last in they're 363rd in three point shooting 347th in free throw percentage. I just don't see them being able to hang with Alabama, regardless of how good their defense is, they just can't score with Alabama, even if Alabama has kind of an off That's night. fair. And That's fair. beat Alabama, you've got to be able to put up points. So, Yeah. Uh, is Mississippi State a lock? I think they're a lock at 11 seed, right? Um, yeah, I'd be shocked. That's what it's looking like on Bracket. Let's, Bracket let's Matrix has them as an 11 seed, nice. it looks like. Yeah, I mean, this would, so, be, one, this would be one win in... in the tournament too for them getting to this game, I think they would be in. So, and yeah. Bama honestly is at this point trying to play for a seed as well. Yeah, yeah, they're playing for that one seed. All yeah. right, so we'll go Bama here. I'll, I'll trust your judgment on this. And if if you're wrong, I'll I'll, I'll say I'll tell you. I told you Obviously. so, but it's okay. As you should. <laughs> uh, Mizzou taking on Tennessee. I like Missouri in this matchup. Like I said, Tennessee is without Zakai Ziegler. Um, they have month, enough to get by South Carolina, but what was that? What month is it? <laughs> uh, it is March, so oh, Rick Barnes is Rick Barnes is in Cancun Ooh. right now. <laughs> His calls go straight to voicemail. He's just not available. 
uh, and neither is Tennessee. So, yeah, I'm going. Let's go Mizzou here. I'm down with that. <laughs> it's funny though because last year Tennessee absolutely whooped uh, Kentucky in the SEC tournament. Well, it was the first half was a whooping, and then Kentucky came back and still ended up losing it. But all that well. Um, Arkansas taking on Texas A&M. Um, Texas A&M got literally the easiest schedule of all time in the SEC. They didn't play anyone that was any good more than once. Uh, Arkansas beat them 81-70 without Nick Smith. So I'm going Arkansas here. Okay. Um, question for you before we move on. And this adds to the length of our episode, but who cares? Because it's our podcast. Uh, Arkansas or Tam- Texas A&M. This year versus Auburn's schedule last year, who has the easier schedule? Dude, I think it's I think it's A and M this year. They I, they see, only, I, I think it's they only played Alabama once. They got them at home. They only played Tennessee once. They got them at home. They played Kentucky on the road only once. They obviously can't play themselves. Um, who who was all right? Fifth is the SEC stronger this year than it was last year? That's the real question, I guess. Because we're um, saying it's stronger last year than yes, it's Texas A and M this year. But if we're saying like it's a wash, it's about the same this year. Then I'm saying Auburn last year because every major game that Auburn had, besides Arkansas, which they end up losing. Was on was at home. That's the like same every thing, major game same thing here, though. And at least, at least no, Auburn I mean, played Kentucky twice. Like, so according no, to they only played once last year. adjusted efficiency, last year the SEC was slightly stronger of a team that's expected to go Fair five hundred. Um, yeah. So. All right, that was just a fun little banter. I love I love asking questions like that because I I do think Auburn had the absolute like one of the more favorable schedules last year, and which led to them winning the SEC outright. Uh, and then Texas A and M this year, you said had a very easy schedule, and I agree with you. I just don't think they were just as good as Auburn was last year, and it just made it seem like Auburn was that much better when they really weren't that great when it showed in the SEC tournament, but. Anyways, um, Vandy taking on Kentucky at 9 o'clock Friday night. Um, Kentucky, Vandy, no Liam Robbins. Uh, I think Kentucky gets this Yeah, a, a Kentucky team that's game planning for this Vanderbilt team, I think is fine to take them on. But, um, yep, plus should be to see if Casey Wallace plays. Uh, if it, if does John Calipari care about fighting for the Louisville seed, like the Louisville region? That's the real question. We'll find out if Case and Wallace, Case and Wallace suits up Friday night. Um, That's what I think. All right. Bama taking on Missouri. What do we think? We go to Missouri here since you, you want to pick Bama to lose? No. I want Bama to go to the championship game for a reason. Oh, you, you were just like almost ready to pick them to lose last last round, so I assumed that you were. Mm-hmm. That you were no, just... I think I think uh, if the defense the defense of Mississippi State's so good, I think that's why that I like that matchup for them because if if they bother them, 
the Mississippi State will get, you know, leak outs, whatever to score. That's yep. why I like that matchup more than this matchup here because Missouri doesn't really have a solid defense that I can trust here. Yep. I'm down with I'm down with uh, Arkansas or Alabama then. All right, and then we have a rematch of the the bloodbath that was this past Saturday, Arkansas versus Kentucky. You would think we have Casey. I don't want to say it. I mean, what was that? If we're not healthy, then I think Arkansas wins it. But so I don't know. I guess yeah. I think Arkansas. I think I think Arkansas takes it. Uh, I don't think at this point. Considering previous tournament snafus, I think they're just trying to get healthy for the NCAA tournament personally. Yeah. Rest up, get some more break. They can beat Vandy without, you know, they like, and they beat Arkansas without, without Case and Wallace, but then they have a whole game plan of film that they can prepare for on that. Arkansas does. So Arkansas here. All right. Bama and Arkansas for the final. Arkansas? I don't know. I don't care. I'm good with kind of either one. Um, I was gonna say they lost both matchups, right? 72-59 and then 86-83. Sure, let's do the old adage. Can't beat a team three times in a season? Arky, <laughs> you will be the SEC champions. All right. Now. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. And that's it. That's our episode, right? We t- we talked back 12 SEC. What, what are we missing? Do you want to do Big East? That's what it was. Yeah, Big East. We didn't do Big East last night. Okay, let's talk Big East. Um, all right, so the final standings for the regular season in the Big East. We had Mar- Marquette finishing first, Xavier second, Creighton third, UConn fourth, Providence fifth, Seton Hall sixth, Villanova 7th, St. John's 8th, Butler 9, DePaul 10, and Georgetown in 11th. Uh, anything surprise you about this final standings? <laughs> well, considering we both had Marquette finishing ninth in the conference and they finished first, <laughs> uh, that was a little surprising. Creighton finishing first. Yeah, I mean, but Creighton was, what, three games off, and they, again, kind of similar to, to Arkansas were – they had some injuries and stuff that kind of it took them a while to get to get going. Um, yeah. Even though I got UConn exactly correct, they started off so hot. I was very surprised that they ended up could have they been off, fifth. It's crazy. They started off non-conference very hot, yeah. and then they did not win a conference game for the first five conference games or something like that. Uh, kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Then they only lost two after that five five game snafu. But yeah. Uh, we're gonna ignore my um, wins in third pick. Uh, I didn't do that. I was forced to do it by someone. I don't know. Uh, that one was bad, but I stand by Pasha Alexander. <laughs> oh man, uh, we should have been higher on Marquette. We should have listened to the paint touches guy. Uh, yeah, last year. we should have. Yeah, but. It's okay. I didn't have Georgetown finishing last. Also, why like the why didn't we I have Georgetown them. finishing last? We're such idiots. That was a that yeah. was the stone cold lock. Like how? What what were we thinking? Of course they were going <laughs> to. Yeah. 
that's tough. Um, but anyways, let's. So I I took this one. I was twenty two spaces off to Dallas, thirty two spaces off. So not too different from uh, what we had picked in other conferences for the most part. Uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, a little bit less teams, but more than the Big Twelve. So we'll we'll take that. Um, I was like I said, I was higher on UConn. I had them finishing second. They finished fourth. We were both high in Creighton. They finished third. Um, Providence really surprised me, but at the same time, I look and I was only one spot off with Providence. So yeah, uh, they, that one was pretty correct. I I uh, really messed up with Marquette and St. John's. I should have just if I could have flipped them somehow, that would have been really good for my for my score. But those were the two that I got. Yeah. Really Surprisingly, I thought my Nova pick was more homer than your or than than I thought it was and I look over and then you have Nova finishing second. Um yeah, that was man, did we whip on those. Were always, you were higher on Cam Whitmore than I was. Yeah. Uh well I just I knew there was an injury to begin the season. Um true. Yeah, so we'll see. Um all right, so let's talk about the tournament. First round Wednesday we have St. John's taking on Butler. Hey, I picked him to finish third. I can't stop riding with St. John's here. Yeah. Don't switch up now, Dal. That's true. Um, okay, then we have uh let's see here. Sorry, I'm writing this down. Then we have Seton Hall taken on DePaul. Uh Seton Hall here, right? Yes. DePaul is bad. And Shaheen Holloway we trust. True. Uh, at least for this matchup. <laughs> All right. And then we have uh, Villanova taken on Georgetown. It's going to be a bloodbath. Let's do it, Kyle Neptune. This is going to be a bloodbath. I do not trust this Georgia team or Georgetown team. No. Oh, my gosh, dude. Big boost. How does he still have a job? That's what I want to know. Because he is the all-time most important player to ever play there. Well, one of two, and he's scary. Would you want to fire him? <laughs> Can you imagine saying, "Oh, hey, seven foot tall Patrick Ewing, come into my office, bud. Sit down. Let me let me tell you about how you're not going to work here anymore." No thanks. I'm sick. Uh, that day true, I'm, but I'm at this point, fire. he's got to realize what he's doing. He's doing a disservice to the the team that he loves. Right? Hey. He's got to realize that. Hold on, let me look up let me look up Patrick Ewing's salary and see like Huh? Fair enough. Yeah. But I feel like he probably made enough in the NBA that he could have been earns an estimated high. ten million plus. Oh, that's career. No. Uh this that's is all him and I was like, there's no way that's like he's getting paid John Calipari numbers. <laughs> like, no way. Yeah, that oh, was man. his NBA career. Uh he essentially looks like he makes like four million dollars. I would I would run it's my university into the ground for four million dollars. <laughs> uh yeah, okay. All right, now we have Marquette taking on St. John's. I mean, this is where St. John's their yeah. ends, I feel like. The red storm has been fizzled here. Right? No, yeah. I think so. <laughs> UConn taking on Providence. I think this is a fun matchup. It's Providence really took it fun. not too long ago. Let's see. Um, Providence. 
They won one and lost one. They lost. Yeah. They won at home, lost at UConn. Let's go. Let's go Providence here. Do a little little upset. It's not quite that, what's it called? St. Patrick's Day, but the luck of Providence will flow this week. Yes. All right, then we have Xavier taking on Seton Hall. Uh, Gotta go Xavier here, right? Yeah. Beat them 73-70 at home. Although, didn't they have just, didn't they just have somebody that's like done for them out for Uh, the season? Zach Fremantle and Kiki Tandy both are I mean, Fremantle is a major uh, contributor for them. Yep, that's that's tough. I think I think they'll be fine against Seton Hall, but we might keep an eye on them in the next matchup or so. Uh, Creighton and Nova. Um, I think. I think. uh, Yeah, agree on that. I hate going chalk on this, but at the same time, it's like these these teams are good for a reason. Yes. Um, Marquette and Providence in the semifinals. We go Marquette here. I like Marquette in this one. Yeah, like that's a lot in this one. So potent. Although they did lose to them one right, of no, in double overtime. Yeah. I still I still Yep. Shaka, what he's done at Marquette has been crazy and we it's super, funny that we can say that twice now. Super impressive. Uh, but yeah. Super. Yeah. All right. Xavier and Creighton. Creighton? Yeah. Sorry if you hear Sailor. She's making her appearance. Wait, right. Sailor. Um, all right. Good Big East takes. <laughs> she said, no, that's terrible. Pick Xavier in this one. No, I think Creighton takes this one. Is that no Zach Fremantle? Baylor Shireman. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, all right, Marquette and Creighton. I'm going to go Creighton here. Can yeah. you can you give me a pitch as to why? I want to hear. Uh, I mean, uh, Posh Alexander might be the best defensive guard, but Cockbrenner uh, um, is the best. So that's Connecticut, not Creighton. Cockbrenner uh, is the best. Uh, like perimeter or post defender, I think in the in the Big East, um, you have Trey Alexander, who is a an NBA draft pick. You have Ryan Nimhar, that's a sophomore there. You have Bill Sharman, who could go to the NBA. Kaluma, um, they lost to Marquette by. I don't hate it. Home. And they lost to them. They lost by two and by 11. Yeah, I mean. We're we're sticking with the theme here. The old adage, baby. The old adage. Can't beat a team three times in a season. Marquette's defense is also by far the worst. uh, By far the worst unit in this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it. I like I like the Creighton pick. I just wanted to hear your reasonings as to why, and you backed it up with solid reasoning. So can't can't hate on it now. 
Well, now this has been probably one of our longest episodes since we started this podcast. Love uh, it. But let's yeah. talk. So like, let's let's not switch up now. Let's talk. Let's give us a last call here. How are we ending this bad boy? All right. So we are, are we doing it over what we did yesterday? Or yeah, we we'll do it over. Um. All right. Yeah, we'll do it over. My last call from yesterday, and this is one I'll use today, is that. What it was like, be positive with with players. Is that what, fuck? What did I do? Yeah, like you're just talking about in situations where, um, like with all the negative things that athletes and coaches kind of bring to attention, like we should also highlight Ooh, the positive yeah, yeah. things too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Three, two, one. Uh. Yeah, my last call is that there are a lot of negative kind of stories that have come out over the last couple of weeks, couple of months about athletes in general, not just college basketball. But you had Brandon Miller, thing that we talked about earlier. You had John Morant uh, kind of getting in trouble for his gun stuff. He might get suspended for 50 games for bringing a firearm on a team plane, which would obviously be not good. Uh, you have... The whole Brandon Miller incident, you have coaches getting in trouble for all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, the list goes on and on in terms of the negative stories you hear about athletes. Um, but I think that one thing that goes kind of under the radar and shouldn't is how much good both athletes and coaches do. Uh, you had Coach Cal tweet out after the, the final game against Vandy about how hard the Rep Arena crowd cheered for them. And kind of carried them through that. Uh, they came back, um, won the final game of the season, and said that they wanted to play as hard as they could because they knew that there were a bunch of people that were without power um, because of some windstorms that kind of came through the area. Um, and just really cool stuff uh, coming from them. There were videos after the the game the next morning after the big win of a dude and Antonio Reeves coaching at uh, like coaching youth basketball and just stuff like that doesn't seem to come out as much. A lot of times it's because teams, players, coaches don't really want it to come out because they're not doing it for the recognition, but it still is important that we do recognize that there's a ton of positive stuff that does come from college basketball. And when it does happen, take the time to really appreciate it because as great as the entertainment they provide in our lives is, uh, the impact they have on communities and stuff is even better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And we, we talked about that. Um, and just in general, like, I think we have to remember that sometimes we speak about athletes as if they aren't people, uh, a big example, Kentucky fans, like I'm calling you out. Some of the Kentucky fans on that listen to this podcast, like you, some of you guys decided to talk about Jordan Walsh's appearance, uh, which would be absolutely insane to talk about because a year ago we made fun of Chris Rock for doing the same thing and said it's not okay to do that about Jada Pinkett-Smith uh, with the whole Will Smith slapping situation, whatever. Um, but the but the problem is she has the same condition that Jordan Walsh has, and yep. that's alopecia. Uh, so, it's an, so it's not okay to talk about a woman with alopecia, but it's okay to talk about a guy with alopecia? Like, no. Let's just not bring up things that people can't control, especially with their looks like that. If you don't like a player because of his attitude, 
by all means, like you dislike players, but we don't have to tag players. We don't have to comment on their appearances. And just in general, I think we just need to be kinder. Um, and then like the whole Brandon Miller situation, like it really sucks uh, that nothing I don't think is going to come of it legally for him. I mean, if there is, I feel like we've already would have gotten something like this, but like, I mean, there's a reason nothing's coming legally for it. And at this point, he is still what a 19 year old kid uh, that made a mistake. And I'm not saying like what he did is excusable in any sense of the term, but there's a reason he hasn't been charged for it. And you could go all conspiracy theory on that as much yeah. as you want, but there's, I, I will say on that, the, legal definition of someone being guilty of something bad and the actual like just general moral definition is yeah very very often not aligned so i agree with that but my main point is we're using it to make memes about a woman who actually died like yeah, we don't that even part, do that part, you know what i mean it's not great yeah like and and I hate when I find one funny and I'm just like kidding myself <laughs> because there are some that are funny, but at the at the end of the day, like a woman actually died and yeah. and is and he is and part of the situation and we're now making memes about the situation. And it's just we, not we, cool. So we, we say we say for Nate Oates and the Alabama team to like read the room, but there's some lack of reading of the room on just the internet's uh side as Agreed. well. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. We can't say like, oh, you're not allowed to do this, but we'll make jokes about it. You know, like <laughs> I just I hate that. Um, so, yeah. So all that to say, just be kind. Just be kind to people. Big shout out to you, Dal. The other night, uh, our our buddy Scott Clark, who you know, love and know so well from the Courtside Connect podcast, was we we're just you know having fun in the group chat, and he's like, send me money. For Venmo, or send me money on Venmo for Jersey Mike's, and without hesitation, without saying he did it, Dal did it. I went to text the text in the group. I asked for Scott's Venmo, and and I was gonna give him money, and Scott and Dal's like, well, to be fair, I sent it, and they're like, Scott didn't even notice it. Just like, if you have extra, give extra. Uh, if just be kind, you know, kindness. Like you can't contribute, uh, you can't complain about the negativity in the world if you don't contribute to the positivity in it. So, yeah. um. Try and contribute to, to that nice. side. What was that? I said it's easy to be nice. It's like, honestly, it takes more energy and you have to like actively try to be mean. Uh, yep. And you don't know what people are going through, too. I think that's a huge thing that we can probably should have learned from COVID in general. Like, you don't know what people are going through. <laughs> right. Just be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Kind, do so. that. All right. It's been real. It's been fun. Before we do anything else, uh, before I talk about any single thing else, this Sunday, 7.30, so this is March 7th, yes, March sir. 12th, 7.30, uh, Twitter, get on it, because we are talking in spaces. It will be recorded if you can't join uh, to listen live, but we will have a mirage of uh, people, parade of people coming in, talking brackets regions all that jazz that we did last year in podcast form except for we did like person by person with interview we're just going to do it all together have a conversation and it's going to be good it's gonna be fun and i'm excited for it uh but if you can't make it like i said we'll have it on the feed we'll have it on youtube uh after and yeah i'm really excited to talk uh about the tournament in general uh i'm, I'm excited to see what team cries the most for their team getting a seed that they don't like uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a team that we all love 
and hate at the same time. Anyway, um, Kentucky and West Virginia are going to get matched up, and it's going to be who can cry the most, Bob Huggins or John Calperi. Because correct, a, yeah, yeah, that's something that normally happens anyway. Yep. So, all right. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok at Beers and Buckets Pod. Uh, make sure you check out the YouTube, like, yeah. and subscribe. If you don't get notifications, hit that notification button so you get notified when there's a new episode. You have to wait for me to tweet it. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Check out the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter at HoopsPodNet. And uh, if you download DraftKings, you get uh, $5 for a bet to win $200 in free bets. So use promo code TBPN if you're a first-time signer-upper. And, yeah, this has been The Bottom Line because Connor said so. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you Sunday. Thanks.